Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Dads, the podcast, a show not just for dads, but for dads and non-dads. I am Rory Scovel. I am a comic. I'm an actor. But most importantly, I'm a dad. And that's where I'm coming from. I'm a dad. Uh, on each episode of, uh, of Dads, we're going to be joined by special guests, and we're going to talk about the mysteries of fatherhood, parenting, and all those weirdos out there who raised us. Some of them will be dads, some will be non-dads. And by we, I mean me and my co-host, Ruthie Wyatt, who's here with me right now. Ruthie, are you a dad? Uh, no, I'm not. Hi. Non-dad, first ever non-dad voice on the show, Ruthie Wyatt, right there. That's right. I'm a non-dad. Non-dad, so excited about that. Yeah. Uh, Ruthie has worked at Team Coco. That's how we met a few years ago, yeah. uh, we've we, we've known each other for a very long time, but we actually worked together on a tour with Conan uh, in November of 2018. Yeah, Conan and Friends, an 18-city yeah. tour. Let me plug it. It's not happening anymore. <laughs> plug so the let thing me give that happened in the past. Yeah, starring Conan O'Brien and his friends, like Rory Scovel. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, we had a lot of fun. It was awesome. It was. Uh, you were only with us for a week. And you FaceTime with your daughter every night. And I thought that was so cool. And I thought it was so cool that you could like FaceTime with your daughter and then like 10 minutes later go on stage and, and crush it. Oh, my God. You're being so nice. I should let you in on a couple of things, though. <laughs> I do that uh, that thing cameo where you just get a video. And so that was me <laughs> for another family. So that that wasn't my daughter uh, or my wife. <laughs> so welcome to the first and last episode of Dad's the Podcast. <laughs> you know what I think... I I think what people will gain from this, they'll learn some, we'll ha certainly we'll have some do's and don'ts, but I think it's more don'ts. And a lot of yeah. people will walk away going, okay, so don't do that. Yeah. It's more leading by like reverse psychology example, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? It totally does. Yeah. The don't. That's, that's what it be. And you heard Ruthie say right there, she's not even a parent. That's because in this podcast, we represent everybody. You're either a dad or you're a non dad. Yeah. And everyone has a story about, who, how their dad shaped their life. Even people who say, I never even knew my dad. 
Even that right. is something. Some people have a stepdad. That counts. Some people Moms, have a neighbor. non-dads, those count. Yeah. And then you're like, well, why even call it Dads of the Podcast? Uh, I don't know, because maybe we have to have a name for the show, okay? <laughs> yeah. God, our listeners are so aggressive. So that's what that's what you're going to get from me and Ruthie. Just a couple yeah. of knuckleheads, and that's what we yeah. call ourselves. Go to our merch. Click merch right now. You're going to see a couple of knuckleheads. It'll be our both our headshots. Yeah, back that's to back. Our first, <laughs> that's our first bit of merch, couple of knuckleheads. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about all things related to growing up in a, in a world that that has dads in it and how that affects us and shapes us and molds us. And you know what? They're fun, easy to listen to conversations. That's right. Can I just say that? But the secret's out. Obviously, you guys know that we're on uh, the we're we're in with Team Coco. We're doing the podcast under the umbrella of our overlord. Yeah. Conan O'Brien. And so it's only fitting that our first guest on this My show be, be the guy who inspired us to get into podcasts. Not entertainment. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. no. But podcasting. Yeah. And his name is Conan O'Brien, and we had a fantastic conversation with him. Get him yeah. in here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... The first ever Dads the Podcast, where we are joined by what we've been told to say is our greatest guest we will ever achieve. <laughs> That's right. And that is Mr. Conan O'Brien. I would do an intro, but honestly... You got that almost right, but it's Admiral O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> I am a rear admiral in the Navy. And oh. uh, you're to say that, yeah. You're supposed to... <laughs> But Admiral. no, you did that very well. Yeah, <laughs> Admiral Conan O'Brien. I'm telling you, a friend of mine's father used to do this. Uh, a friend of mine, Robin Flender's uh, father, uh, was a hilarious comedy writer, and he used to make reservations under the name. They would say, "And what's the name?" And he'd do it over the phone. This is like in the '60s, and he'd say <laughs> Admiral Flender, and he'd always get a good table. I love that. That's a so smart good. move. No one's giving an admiral a bad table. So just uh, sometimes I call places. If I say Conan O'Brien, I might not get in. But if I say Rear Admiral O'Brien, uh, I'm getting a good table. You, here's my question. You make a reservation. Have you ever even, like, what year did, did you go, well, I can't give my name anymore? I started going as Rory Scovel after I saw you perform, and I was like, that's a name. There, I can hide in that name. No yes. one will ever <laughs> no know one. who this man is. And uh, Despite no, my greatest I, efforts. Yeah. The strangest thing that happens is if I'm talking to like a person at AT&T and I'm saying, yes, no, I'm having this issue or someone like that. I'm talking to someone and they go like, uh-huh, okay. And your name is, and I go, Conan. And they go, okay, last name, O'Brien. And there's like sometimes a pause and they go, are you that guy? <laughs> and that's when I have to remind them this call is being recorded. Yeah. And uh, they're being unprofessional. I love, and, are you um, that guy? And you know why yeah. they say that? They say that so they, they don't want to come off as though they're like like excited. No, no, they make it very clear they're not excited to talk to me. <laughs> they, they, they say, I know who you, I, I know all about you, and this is not a pleasurable surprise for me. <laughs> oh, I just thought of something funny. This happened just yesterday, and you're going to be the first person I tell about this because I love this story. Um, oh, I just built it up too much. It's not that That's good. right, folks. A Dad's <laughs> yeah. the Podcast exclusive. We're the well, first getting this breaking story. 
Okay, yesterday, I'm really hungry. It's around lunchtime. We're in a, uh, we're all in quarantine, COVID, call it what you want, lockdown. And I'm really hungry and I realize, oh, we don't really have anything. I'll order something on Postmates. So order something. And uh, from this restaurant, my, one of my favorite restaurants is Kai's in Santa Monica. I'm just giving them Ooh, a shout out. Tip. So I order, from, I order from this place and- uh, usually my son will go out and get the bag or something, you know, just because, because I, whatever, I just feel like, uh, he's got to learn how trade. He's got to learn. He's got to learn. He's got to learn. But no one's there. So I go out to get it and wait, wearing I'm, the headband or not wearing the headband? I'm wearing the headband and okay. I'm also wearing a mask. And this guy who I want to say is maybe in his mid sixties is wearing a mask and he's got my bag of food and he sets it down and he looks at me and he goes, oh man, oh man, oh Conan, man, you're the man. And I went, oh, well, thank you so much. No, no, you're the man. You're great, man. You're so cool. And I went, well, that's, that's really nice of you. Thank you very much. And he went, hey, I'm in the business too. And I said, oh, you're in the business? And he said, yeah, I was on Happy Days. And I said, oh, you were on Happy Days. Like, I don't, what role did you play? And he went, hey man, the Fonz stole my girlfriend. Remember that episode? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> but I love that he's, he, he did that in 1976. He said, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And he went, yeah. And then some friend of mine, right after I taped that thing, was sort of throwing shade at me for something. And so I got him back. He asked me, hey, man, the next week he saw me. He said, hey, man, I saw you on Happy Days. The Fonz took your girlfriend. He was like, yeah, man. And I was and he was like, how much did you get for that? And really, I only got like a couple hundred bucks, but because it was a one-line part. But I told him I got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> and he said, "Oh fuck, man!" And he's just it's bummed him out ever since. People believe that, yeah. yeah but I also I thought I'm getting this incredible story. Yeah. I'm literally just getting my seaweed. Uh, <laughs> you know, Uh-oh, hot tip. What does Conan order? Seaweed yeah. <laughs> chicken with some miso glaze on it, uh, a little, a lot of broccoli and some rice. I'm getting that and I'm getting this whole window into this guy's life. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I just, you know, I, I just thought that's a cool encounter. That's one of the bonuses of being a known person is people will tell you all kinds of stuff. Normally, he just drops the bag off and goes, take care, man, stay safe. But I got to hear everything. I wish when you yeah. got home, your son was like, did the Happy Days guy give you the bag? Yeah. <laughs> Even your son's already <laughs> on the story like every time he goes again. Yeah, yeah, every time he goes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me guess, the Fonz yeah. took his girlfriend, yeah. right? Yeah. Let me guess, $250,000? <laughs> yeah, he lied to his friend who threw shade on him and so he got him back. That's what happens. Ah. Uh, as a uh, celebrity dad, how much at the forefront is that, like, in your mind to not project that onto your your children? Because I know from, from our relationship and, and stuff I've read that you make a pretty conscious effort to not let your kids feel like <laughs> they're celebrities in any way. You are the spotlight in that family, and you do not want to share that. Is that the truth? <laughs> Yes, it is the truth. I, <laughs> early on, uh, and you've met my wife, Liza, but she was not happy because for the first couple of years of their lives, you know, we have Christmas and we do the stockings and all that. I would put uh, my 
headshots in their stockings. Wait, is that true? Because that's a funny no, joke, but that's also that. a funny. But that's a funny real life joke. To all no, that would be a funny real life joke. No, I uh, to answer your question, uh, I. I am a figure of ridicule in my home, as it should be. And so we don't talk about my work. We don't, um, <laughs> they're not consumers of what I do. Every now and then they'll see something online they think is funny and they'll go, oh yeah, I saw that thing. But that's pretty few and far between. Our house sort of runs as if I were a fairly successful realtor, you know, and when I come in, I'm like, some days I sold a house, some days I didn't, uh, and no <laughs> right. one wants to talk about it. But so yeah. that's kind of the way I like to operate. We never go to anything. I've never, yeah. I think I took my kids once to an event where they would get to meet the Obamas, that event being my birthday party. Hey, yeah. whoa, yeah, well, they come every year. I don't even invite them. Um, yeah. He's like, Conan, it's so good to see you on this day of your birthday. I'm like, okay, but just call first, please. Um, it's, it's very, very low key. I keep it low key and that's easy to do because... <laughs> People don't care about me that much. So it's easy to do. I think it's very interesting because as the th the four, you know, the three of us can easily understand and, and relate to the fact that none of us had parents in entertainment. So it right. I think it creates this whole different perception of how you grow up and how you look at your dad and, and who they are. And I think what I admire and love is that I, it, from what I'm gathering, it seems like you're still trying to be like, well, I kind of want to still provide the thing that I had. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is my kids thinking, oh, it, we're, we're normal. We're a normal family. Yeah. There isn't something yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, one of the things early on I used to do would be in a restaurant. And and my, my daughter was really good at it. But I go like, we'd start to walk out of the restaurant and the street would be absolutely deserted. And I'd go, can you just keep them back? And my daughter would go, everyone, please give them space. <laughs> yeah. You know, give them space. We're just trying to be like, come on guys, come on. And there's nobody. I mean, there's nobody for a mile in no either direction. <laughs> yeah. And my son would be like, back, everybody back. And uh, I thought that took the piss out of the whole thing pretty early on. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I grew up, and I wouldn't say it's a normal family. I don't think anybody has a normal family. I think that's just a flawed concept. But I grew up in uh, a family where my dad would go off to work every day in his laboratory and my mom would go off to work. She was a lawyer and I never knew anybody in show business. I didn't think there was anybody from show business in Boston. I love, yeah. very, very few people could say, you know, my dad would go off to his laboratory. laboratory. Like that's yeah. already, right. yeah. that's, that's stranger than what your kids could. Oh, my dad just, he's going to run his show again. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's my more dad was common off to his lab. Laboratory. I should probably explain to your listeners, my dad right. isn't just, wasn't just a scientist. He's an evil scientist. <laughs> 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 I'm off to the lab, you see. It's alive! It's alive! Uh, Everyone's yeah, just still eating their cereal. Great. Yeah. Yeah. See yeah. you at five. No, he had, I mean, but also he was, 
he worked in, you know, interestingly enough, in uh, infectious diseases. So he's topical. He was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he invented something uh, called COVID, and then oh. yeah, dropped the beaker at he work. He is a villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was an accident, and he went, "Oops." And I said, "How long is it going to take for that to gestate?" And this was like 1970, and he said, uh, "Give it about, uh, let's see, 50 years." Yeah, and uh, sure enough. My dad, it's his fault. Yeah, he was working on stuff that I have to say is pretty unsexy. Like when someone says, your dad works in a lab, you picture those weird machines where lightning bolts are going between the two rods and there's electricity yeah. and there's giant sparks. No, my dad's was just a, a, a lot of books and journals and then this weird smell of Petri dishes and yeah. a refrigerator that had a couple of cultures in it. But Nothing that a kid really wanted to look at or play with. That's what's so funny because your dad in his mind was probably like, isn't this insane? I'm a scientist. And you were like, I don't give two shits. And now yeah. you're like, right. you want to be like, like, isn't this crazy? I'm a, I'm a talk show host. I'm a celebrity. Your kids are like, I could not care less. Yeah, they don't. They don't care. They, uh, in a good way, They their values are in the right place. And- that's something that my wife and I were both uh, really intent on. And um, I'm just, you know, I want them to be good people. And I want them to make a lot of money in tech. Uh, that's important mm, to me. The dream. Uh, yeah. What's it like with you and your dad? What is that? Really? Yeah. Is that a good uh, yeah, relationship? Yeah, it's, well, it's funny because my dad, It's he's also a big comedy fan and always yeah. was. And so... I grew up, I really do one of the, think one of the reasons I do what I do is I would watch my dad really laughing hard at like a Johnny Carson or, and, and, and different things that we would watch on TV. And I would think, oh yeah, that's the key, you know? And so making my dad laugh was really important yeah. uh, mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. I, I think that's where I got, that was my Scooby snack. You know, if I could really make dad <laughs> convulse oh, with like laughter that. at the table, uh, that was my little pellet and early on, I realized, wow, I, I get this, this, you know, a lot of my whatever it's self esteem or some of my sense of my myself having a personality or having an ability or a place in the world was making people laugh, and that starts really. I think it starts with your dad and yeah. your brothers and your mom. And my dad, a uh, very smart guy, and I could see that he really liked silly visual humor. And so that influenced me a lot. And he used to take me to go see sort of classic comedy movies. And what's fascinating is that as the years went by and I got into having my show, my father, if he liked a sketch or something we did on the show, he would explain to me, like a scientist, <laughs> why the joke was funny. And it would be like, he'd be like, yes, I, li I like that. I like that, 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 that thing you did. And I, 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 I think I, I think what I, what's nice is that you, of course, you set up the expectation, and there's the expectation that this will happen. But then when Andy comes in and 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 he's <laughs> wearing the mask, of course you 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 disappoint that expectation. You see, and 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 it's the disappointed expectation, and it's the fact that it's happening. I'm like, oh my god, you know, like yeah. this is yeah. he's he's got like a flow chart. That's as to his why brain. It's funny. That his brain sort of reads it that way. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. 
We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did your other siblings also realize the the reward of making your dad laugh? Yes. Did that become competitive where it was like yeah. who could be the funniest, who could get his attention in that in that way? I think it's Bill Murray who said that or his education in comedy, a lot of it was around the uh, kitchen table. And my parents uh still with us and still living in uh, in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, and they sit at that same table. And I see it every time I go home and... They still serve food to the places of their kids. And yes. you guys aren't yeah. there. Yeah, and the kids so aren't sad. there. But the, so Yeah, weird. yeah, but it's it's like baseball now. They've just put up cardboard <laughs> images of the of, of us. And... Um, <laughs> food just going bad in front yeah. of these. Yeah, and they ladle, they, la- they ladle oatmeal onto the old cruddy cardboard cutouts that are rotting with stinking food. Oh, man. Uh, and the food just dribbles down the front. And then they have... Have arguments with us, you know. Why can't you do better in math? And uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, I go and I sit at that table and I think, yeah, I used to. I know exactly where I used to sit, and each one of us would try and get on a roll and try and get something going, and uh, that's where it started. That's where yeah. it started for me. Yeah. yeah. Is your dad funny? Yeah, he's funny. It's so funny to talk about my dad this way, but (laughs) I'm talking about him now like a comedian, meaning I'm like, you know, he's funny, but sometimes his delivery is too slow. (laughs) He he winds it up too much and it's a little too precious. And I'm like, well, if he's a scientist. Well, he's too analytical about it. Yeah, he's too analytical about it. He's not a musician about it. You know, he'll tell you a story and then he'll go like, but then, but then now, 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 and remember, remember what I told you earlier? He'll remind (laughs) you of the part that's early. And I go, no, 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 I got that part. And I'd be like, dad, speed it up. Yeah, and give me. A, we're gonna rewrite it, and you've you're repeated not mention- the setup seven yeah. times. Yes, I get exactly. It. I get it. I get it. We all get it. What are you, a fucking scientist or a comedian? Yeah. I'm the funniest scientist at work. Oh yeah. god. Oh, and yeah. I work alone. Yeah. <laughs> I have cardboard cutouts of other scientists in the lab. I'm, fun- <laughs> I'm funnier than my microscope. I mean, I don't know what's what was your experience. When did you? Rory, you're, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. You're one of the funnier people I know. And I don't know a lot of people. You know me. I know you. (laughs) And your dad. And I know the uh, (laughs) Secretary of Defense. uh, And I think you're the funniest of those two. Um, Yes. But you're you're a very, very incessantly uh, funny person and in a very unique way. And it's just thinking like, you had to have known that early that you had that superpower. You had to know. I, one, I appreciate you saying that very much. Um, I agree that I think with Bill Murray and what you just said is that it it starts 
at such a young age. I it also started for me realizing how much my dad and like his siblings how you could get their attention if you did something funny because mm-hmm. they would all try to be funny. I think to make their dad laugh and as like the grandchild of that, I got to witness that right. process and then try to figure out how to fit into it, which is funny because I don't think any of my other siblings do that at all. I had no competition of anyone else <laughs> trying to be funny. All of my other siblings were like, no, we're like making straight A's and becoming doctors. And that's what's impressing dad. And right, I'm like, well, right. I'm choosing a career that doesn't pay anything for a solid decade. <laughs> <laughs> so who's winning now? <laughs> so yeah. who's winning? Because he'll smirk sometimes at my comments. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember my dad very clearly. Uh, it was, I think it was on AMC back when AMC was, you know, actually played classic movies. And it was like, uh, or it was maybe Turner Classic Movies, but it, uh, Marx Brothers uh, Horse Feathers came on and my dad yeah. made me watch it. And I remember that kind of the light bulb went off that adults can be silly. And then I was like, oh, I, I like this. I thought adults, you know, could make jokes, but then it never occurred to me. You can make a career out of it. So I, I agree. I'm willing to bet that there's a lot of comedians who do have, you know, influence of either parent. Right. But for some reason, and I think that's kind of where this podcast generates from, is that mystery of of dads and fathers and why why was it that when your dad laughed at a joke, that meant so much to you? And I, I mm-hmm. bet you there's so many dads who were like tough. It was tough to get them to laugh or it meant something. It's one of the best connections you can have with somebody because there's a kind of making someone laugh at at something even kind of strange that's uniquely you is a way of almost having a secret handshake. Like you know, you know that they really understand you. It's such a, it's such an intimate thing. And so, um, you know, obviously, Freud explained it a million times, but we're afraid of our dads, but we also, there are heroes, you know, part of us wants to murder them. Uh, the other part <laughs> thinks, well, no, I'll get caught. Um, I can't kill him. I'll do time in jail, but it could look like an accident. Then you go down that hole. I'm still hole. a minor, so yeah. maybe this is the yeah. time to do this, it. Do it now before <laughs> I am I turn 16. Uh, but I'm always putting stuff off, which, which yeah. Freud also says. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, uh, he doesn't have a set schedule. He goes to the lab at different times, so it's <laughs> hard to position myself with the rifle in the right place. I don't know when the car is going to come by. Um, and, you know, the, the right rifle, I ordered it through the mail, which was Oswald's mistake. Don't do that. You want to make sure it's not connected to you. Anyway, we've all had those thoughts. And that sums up all of our thoughts about fathers. But if you can make your father laugh, it's magical. It's just this magical like, oh, he gets me. And I just reduced him to this shaking, red-faced, guffawing pile. And you're like, that's fantastic. So, of course, that would... You'd then want to double down on that. Yeah. But I think it starts with your dad and then you start finding your friends so that you can have your your crew or as I'm I came up with this word that I think cut on with younger people, squad. Like you can have your squad. Yeah. That's and your, your squad. word? I came yeah. up. Oh my God. Yeah, I came up with that about Oh, like a decade ago. I stood and I started saying, let's have squad goals and stuff like that. And then it became yeah. this whole 
thing that I think caught on with millennials and stuff, but whatever. And you invented hashtags Beyonce, too. Beyonce took it from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beyonce would, took a lot of things from me. Yeah, Let's I know. be fair. I mean, I see now with my son, he really got into The Simpsons a couple of years ago and he started watching The Simpsons. And he actually started watching The Simpsons before he really knew that I had worked there. And then one day an episode came up and he saw my name on it and he was like, oh, I could see the nickel drop. And he was looked at me like, oh, he's not a total waste of space. Um, <laughs> but then he went What I like think, is that your son is also your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, you yeah. Want, now you want to impress your son. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you know, we'll watch and he'll be laughing at something. And sometimes I'll laugh really hard at something on The Simpsons and he'll look over and I can see that he's clocking what's making me really laugh. Yeah. And I'm right. like, ah, the journey continues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, this this and, gene that leads to so much pain is getting passed yeah. on to him. <laughs> Enjoy a lifetime of never really feeling that hole. Yeah. I made everyone in this big room laugh except one person. I fucking hate myself. I, yeah. I like oh that. God. How old is your son? He's in his late 50s, which is yeah. weird. Jesus, yeah. dude. Yes. We've gone through this, right? I am uh, 92. And uh, no, my son is now 14. And, so my, daughter, uh, and my daughter is 16. Yeah. That's, oh, wow. uh, I feel like that's such a, an interesting age for, I, I, psychologically, I feel like for both of you, because at 14 is when you, you know, a little too early, but in your brain, you start wanting to establish yourself as this independent sort of like, I'm also a man, but you're you're still so young and unable to know what that even means. But yet, what, yeah, exactly. And yet, as exactly. a dad, I guess you also because I'm I'm not there, and I have a daughter, so I won't deal with that. But uh, I wonder if also as a dad, you also look at that and be like, oh well, how do I <laughs> interject reality into this delusion, but also be supportive to where you don't feel like you're kind of giving your kid a hard time for thinking they're this grown kind of person. I'll say there's one problem. Uh, It's a huge problem, which is both my kids are very smart and they're very good people. Uh, My son is incredibly talented at tech and computer stuff, and he just always has been. And I mean, he was literally like reprogramming my phone when he was three. (laughs) You know, he could reach over and hit a few buttons and then suddenly it wasn't a phone anymore. It was a blender. And uh, Oh, he's um, MacGyver. Yeah, he's he's more MacGyver than tech. But uh, No, we always say in Team Coco, we can't wait for Beckett to like, well, for Beckett to be our boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's right. really, like eventually yeah. that will happen. A- yeah, anyone you know? <laughs> but Conan. Uh, but he, he's he's really very good <laughs> no, at it. And no. I think, what, no, no, I, I got it. But um, he's really good at tech. And one of the things that is so different from, you know, usually you have this grace period as an adult where you're just much more competent than your son. I have been, in his mind, illiterate in the thing <laughs> since he was about nine, literally nine. He, he, he I mean, seriously, he, his whole world is coding and yeah. gaming and, you know, b- he likes to build computers and he and his friends are really yeah. into it. I don't know anything about it. And so when he was like eight or nine, he'd say, oh, I'm really frustrated. And I'd say, well, let me help son, you know, I'll help you. 
meaning I'll help you put the chain back on your bicycle. <laughs> and but then no, he looked he, you straight in the eye and he goes, that's the funniest joke you've ever told. <laughs> yeah. You helping me. You helping me. But it's true, because I would say, I would want to help. You know, I love him. And I'd say like, well... How can I help? Let me sit down. What are we work, looking at here? And he would just say, okay, you really want to know? What I'm trying to do is it's, it's you know, I've, I've written this in this code, but what I'm trying to do is transpose it into this other code so that the, I can't even follow more than half a sentence of what he's talking about. And he sees that. And then yeah. I go, I... I provide food. <laughs> I, I pay house. I'd have no ability in that area. So it's well, here, very humiliating. Here's the good news. The good news is it clearly skips a generation and you and your grandson are going to bond over yeah. comedy so hard. So hard. Right. Your grandson's right. going to say something to make your son laugh and he's going to be like, oh my God, yeah. I understand Grandpa Conan now. Yeah. Now I understand old Grandpa Conan. <laughs> Grandpa Conan. Why has he done that to his face to try and look younger? Why does he why still did... wear the headband after yeah. the virus has been gone for decades <laughs> now? The virus has been gone forever and he still looks like the bully and karate kid. Yeah. He's still wearing um, the mask. That's not a mask, son. That's his face now. <laughs> he had a lot of ill-advised his yeah my son will explain to his son now grandpa had a lot of ill-advised surgery on his face that when we he all hit told 70 him, and we told it. him you're a comedian you're not you didn't make it on sex appeal you made it on your facial expressions but he didn't listen and that's why he looks like he's been badly burned oh my god in terms of like uh, those connections, or even your, you know, either of your children, like, do you feel like knowing that you maybe can't connect on what their interest is? Do you feel like emotionally you get in there and you have those like more mature conversations, like th that your kid kind of looks and is like, I can tell my dad anything. I always wonder because I do not come from this. There was no part of me that's like I could sit my dad down and go. Here's oh God, what's no. really bothering I, me. Yeah. I didn't come from that. My my dad grew up in the Depression, and and he's Irish. I mean Irish American, but. There's no talking about, hey, son, let's sit down and talk this out. I I know you're having these feelings. And also, while we're at it, let's talk about sex. Uh, that's something that's probably of interest to you now. And let's have it out. There was none of that. God, I would love I, I that to be a sex talk. That's probably something yeah. of interest to you now. Yeah. <laughs> of course, now with your... You're probably, your penis is coming to life in some <laughs> That's regards. the most scientific sex talk. And probably yeah. there's yeah. parts of your brain that are lighting up with new thoughts and emotions and feelings. You know, I, I, I ask that because I don't have that with my dad. That wasn't our, a part of our relationship. And I think because of that, I try to provide that with my daughter where I'm just more, like I say, I love you nonstop. Oh, to yeah, the point where she's probably too. kind of over it. But I do all the yeah. things that... I didn't have that in my brain were like, oh, this is how I think it should have been for what right. I would want it to be. And then I don't know if that's the right or wrong call either. Well, I always flash forward to they have a therapist someday. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. And, and I know, I kind of feel like, well, they can't say they thought they were unloved because my wife and I 
they've been uh, slathered in love. And <laughs> slathered in love is yeah. definitely yeah. an adult film that we yeah. cannot. Yeah. It was my first... It was my, it's our new sponsor. My first uh, on-screen credit. Our uh, first was sponsor, in love. Slathered in love, love, coming out this <laughs> yeah. fall. Yeah. But I, um, we say that stuff all the time, that stuff, yeah. meaning I love you. But there's a lot of that in our house. And um, well, I always tell my wife, they're going to have complaints about us. They will because that's just the way it is. They, they will go to therapy and go, yeah, my dad and my mom. But they won't be able to say, we had no clue if we were loved or not. That they won't be able to say. Yeah, because I... Um my my father passing away not that long ago it was very surreal to be home in to be in my hometown and someone had told me this that when your your dad passed away and i assume it's probably your mom too but to, for the sake of of this the people were like you sort of meet through other people this other version of your parent like who your mm-hmm. dad who your dad is yeah so it was so absolutely true. And from what stories are people telling me, they're like, you know, your dad used to do this at work or he'd say this or this and this. So like, th- our, his coworkers were like, you know, my, my dad wouldn't really reach out and like ask us what's going on. He wouldn't like call to be like, hey, th- I, I heard you're doing this or hey, I watched this. I just wanted to say this. Like right. if you saw him or you happen to be on a call with him, he would bring it up. But then his coworkers were like, you know, your dad talked about you and your siblings like all the time at work. And you meet this, you sort of meet this other version of somebody. And yeah. I think after learning that, I was like, and this this kind of goes with the kids in therapy and them being able to say they're not, they will never be able to say they're not loved. There's this part of me in my mind that's like, oh, I want to make sure I get out in front of that yes, to be like, hey, is there... Is there anything I'm not doing or is there anything I'm not saying or is there, there's, you know, there's no question right. my daughter will find me wildly annoying. There's just no <laughs> way around it. My wife is already very vocal that I am too much. No, it's true. What you bring up about the, your father having like a different, there's this different dad you meet. I'm, I'm sure uh, someday, and I hope it's not for a long time, but when, when I'm sure when my dad goes, I'll hear people say, you know, you know, man at work, you know, at the lab, he he stole a lot of money. Uh, yeah. he, he embezzled a lot of funds. Which um, would be so fun. That would be, <laughs> so, be, like, be like, that's so great. Your dad, he <laughs> yeah. used to, you know when he'd say he was taking a trip? He'd just drive around in a van and murder yeah. people in the yeah. Pacific Northwest. So I'll meet that guy. I'll Pacific. get to know that guy who I had no idea. But, but no, it's true. I, I do think about that a lot, how... We have one viewpoint of who our fathers are, and then other people in the world have this other view, and maybe they liked a dirty joke and liked telling them at work, and, you know, we never knew that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they had kind of a racy sense of humor or liked practical jokes or some kind of way of communicating with the rest of the world that they didn't communicate as fathers. Right, Yeah. yeah. Sometimes dads, like, censor themselves. So I think now, like, you guys don't censor yourself as much from your children as maybe your dads did. I think it's changed a lot over the years. You know, I think about like Abraham Lincoln and his father. Right. As we all do. I often dream about those two men. Every Tuesday. But, uh, (laughs) 
You know, when Abraham Lincoln's born, yes, in Kentucky in 1809. Yeah. Um, nerd his, alert. Yeah. Nerd alert. Someone read a book and we should beat him up. Um, but his father just was waiting for him to be old enough to just get to work. So yeah. that they could survive. Yeah, and right. so, and he hated, he had a very bad relationship with his father and they were very distant because his father would say, get up and now you're going to work in that field all day long. And I think he thought his father, his, I think his father was, you know, practically illiterate and I could barely sign his name. And so he had contempt for his father that way. So there was all this stuff. And I think for most of history, <laughs> you know, a lot of fathers... And sons have had really complicated mm-hmm. relationships and maybe there hasn't been that much warmth. And then if you think about it, people really started getting mushy and cuddly about kids like 150 years ago. <laughs> We're still catching up, I don't think. Uh, but a lot of kids used to die in infancy, so people were afraid to get too attached to them. And so they would have a lot of kids and a bunch of them wouldn't make it. And it was a completely different dynamic. And now we build our lives around our children and we build shrines to them and we mm-hmm. hang out with them all the time. And and uh, it's it's got to stop, is my point. I think <laughs> yeah. we've gone, we've got to get back to the old way of having cold, distant relationships <laughs> with our children. So they strive harder to earn our love and that's why they invent the light bulb. And that's why we wanted to have you on. That's his platform for November when Conan also tries to run for president. (laughs) It used to be more common for for a dad to be almost like a stranger. To yeah. in a family. Yes. It was probably more common to be afraid of your dad, like wait yeah. till your father gets home. No, which is so and, Yeah, bizarre. that's what I meant like, about censorship. Like you like you wouldn't know what kind of music your dad listened to in the car on the way to the laboratory. Because then he becomes soft. Yeah, like you're not right. afraid you know, of him anymore. Yeah, you don't share right. who they Kenny are Loggins. With you as much. Yeah. <laughs> Loggins and Messina there oh, and back. So good. That was my first concert. <laughs> That was my law firm, Loggins and Messina. That's my first. <laughs> why not your name? Why? why? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I hired them. I, I never, hired Loggins and Messina. I, I never partnered and at my, I never partnered at my own firm. <laughs> I never partnered. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that you know, in in my generation, it's changed. Just as you know, because mm-hmm. I think we used to. There were six of us, and my dad was not at home a lot. He was always. At work. And so we were probably a little more afraid of him or he was, do you know what I mean? He was someone who came in and then left again. It wasn't all warm and mushy. And I think I'm more uh, of a, you know, my my kids certainly <laughs> do not fear me. <laughs> they've, and they've never seen me like lose my temper. All I which think. I think is a good thing. I think yeah. it's all good evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but sometimes I feel, I, you know, that I, maybe I need to try and lose my temper in front of them to show them, <laughs> give them just a taste of that. But fake, I have to, it, fake losing it? Fake losing fake it. Losing like, it. what? No post-its? Where are my post-its? Dad, take it easy. Don't shoot. Him. <laughs> you never yeah. once mentioned post-its. You've never. never ever been, don't you talk to me. But uh, yeah, I think they uh, they need to see me lose it and snap yeah. in order to have, so that they can tell their kids, here's the way that I'm failing my kids. I need to give them some things that they can then do improve upon as parents so they can say, well, I never lost it the way my old man Conan did, 
but I haven't lost it. So now they can only do worse than me because I've been pretty good. Yeah. So I have failed them by being a great dad. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Did you always want to be a dad? Was that always the plan? You were like, I'm going to be a dad, and that's the deal. I mean, when I was, you know, younger and in my, especially in my teens and 20s, I didn't see the appeal of marriage. I didn't see, and I was very ambitious uh, and really wanted to go out and make my way and do my thing. So through my 20s and well into my 30s, I just was not interested in settling down and buying a pipe um, huh. I didn't really start to think about it until I met my wife. And that's when I thought, oh, wait, we would, we, yes, I really want to be with this person and no one else. Then that leads to, yes, I want to have kids. So, you know, she was the one that changed the equation. I was not someone that romanticized uh, marriage or getting married. I wasn't thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may have been a little phobic about it. Um, Rory, I think you can relate to this, but Rory and I are just real ladies men, you know, we're guys that, Oh, I know. Yes. you know what I mean? We're guys that just, um, women want to be with us, men want to be us, uh, some men want to be on top of us, we want to be with men. My wife um, would not, there is no part of my wife that has any fear of me with it. Yes, I know. I know. I know exactly what you're going to say because it's the same for me. Yeah, she's like, if like, I was like, I'm going to go cheat, she'd be like, go go for it. Yeah. She would almost be Good intrigued by the effort. Like, oh, you, yeah, yeah. you think, oh, you think there's someone out there willing to do the work yeah. I've done. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's really funny you say that because my wife also, and you know, and I'm, I'm as part of my job interviewing world famous beautiful women or supermodels and i really do think if for if one of them ended up you know if we got stranded together in a hotel cuz i went there to interview them for some you know whatever and then we got stranded there and i was in a hotel for 3 weeks alone with the world famous beautiful model my wife would have absolutely no fear that any and now i'm speaking like a kennedy she'd have no fear and she'd be correct because she knows yeah that's not happening yeah um and i have said to my wife i've said to liza come on if you found out that i was cheating and had been for a while isn't there some part of you that would be really impressed with my time management because that's the thing that I always come back oh, yeah. to is, is when someone, when I always read about like someone was having an affair and it was going on for a year, I think, how? Yeah. How are you? Yes. I'm going to go out and you always have to 
be coming up with as an excuse. It sounds it's, exhausting. Or like That's two exactly. families. How do men have two families? I'm kind of jealous because women imagine. can never have two families. Like I could never right. have two families. <laughs> yes, you could. You could well, say, man, I, am I gaining weight? I, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. I had so many burritos. Uh, I got really big. Now I'm going to yeah. go away for a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I want a trip and I'll be back in seven months. I want um, a trip. I want a trip. <laughs> and you can't come with me and I'll be back in seven months. Hey, I lost all the weight. Um, yeah. So then you've got the other family going. <laughs> I yeah. I, I, that's, that's the part that would blow my mind is I don't know how people do it. You know, yeah, Conan. Do you think there's a a part of you that's changed the most since becoming a dad? I would say probably the biggest change for me. It wasn't a moment. It was just this general settling realization that I found very calming, which was, oh, I don't matter, in this way that I really find relaxing. Meaning. I think there's so much of youth, which is ego driven. You know, it's right. all me, me, me. And it's, you're supposed to be self-centered when you're young and it's what drives your career and your ambitions and what you accomplish and you're pushing yourself. And I think I indulged in a very long period of that. And then when my daughter was born, she was first, I remember just thinking, oh, it's about her. And I just saw that my wife suddenly kind of didn't care that much if I was hungry or not. It's about <laughs> the kid and we're doing what's going to be best for the kid. And I found that lack of emphasis and focus on me to be nourishing. I know that sounds strange, but I found it to be kind of like, I don't know, I, I, no. I liken it to if you've ever, sometimes I'm driving in the desert. If I've been driving in the desert a couple of times, I've driven cross country by myself back back in the day. And if I had to get to LA or New York, one or the other, uh, and I would get out and I would just look at these massive rock formations in the desert. And I would think they were here long before me. They're here long after me and they don't care what I do. And I would think, I'd be, I would relax me because it would deflate the ego and the I and the, the sense of self. And I think having kids, to me, becoming a father made me realize, oh yeah, I'm in this long chain and I will go as people before me have gone. I will disappear and it's about them now. And uh, I found that to be peaceful. I liked it mm -hmm. when I think that idea might frighten some people. Um, when it actually happens to you, you, you embrace it. Yeah. I agree. I think it takes all the pressure off. Yeah. I just, I just like, it gives you, it's, it's so profound when a child uh, arrives. It's such a profound, yeah. <laughs> crazy moment that uh, you think everything else. I mean, Andy Richter said this to me once. Um, he said, I quit. And, uh, and he left. Yeah. But he, then he said something else to me. Uh, he said... <laughs> At the door before he yeah. slammed it. Yeah. yeah, before he slammed it. He said, um, you treated me like shit and I'll never speak to you again. And then he slammed the door. But then he <laughs> leaned in the dad. window. There was an open window and he leaned in. And then he said to me, you should shut this window because someone could get in. Bugs can but, get in. 
Yeah. And then, but then I followed him for a while. And then he finally said to me, and this is the part that I wanted to mention, that other stuff probably not germane to the story, but, um, but he said to me, he said, wow, when you have a kid, it sure makes your life before that look pretty ridiculous, you know? Like you think back to, I don't know, you like Rory, if you can, like before your daughter showed up, there's, it's like, uh, you know, AD and BC. It's like this, this yes. massive, there's, there's just, oh, remember the time I went to that Sizzler and bought a lot of food <laughs> and then went and saw a movie and then I crashed my bike. You're like, whatever. It, it all <laughs> happened in that, in that gray time before there was a, once a kid shows up, Everything goes from, it's it's the Wizard of Oz. Everything yes. goes from black and white to technicolor. And it's like the uh, Matrix, red pill, blue pill. <laughs> well, no, it's more like the Wizard of Oz. Uh, like you take the pill and then yeah, you can you see green sort of, letters, which is color. You know, so that's come like. Out of the, come out of the house and then suddenly it's color and the whole audience <laughs> in 1939 goes, ooh, because they haven't seen that a lot. So yeah, it's really, I guess the point yeah. is, and we've decided it's Wizard of Oz. And since the Matrix, it's kind of like there is a wizard and the curtain's been pulled back and you're like, oh my God, it's these machines and it's sort of a simulation. Um, Yeah, it really is. It's Judy Garland. It's Ray Bolger. Keanu Reeves. Uh, um, No, I don't think he was in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, He he was not born yet. But my point is, and we're not going to waste time on this because we're saying really profound things about fatherhood, which is a father has to be right. And it's The Wizard of Oz. That's exactly right. And that's something more. Morpheus sort of gets into in the resolution of Act 2 that leads us into Act 3. Interesting. (laughs) Falling into the arms of Morpheus is a very elegant 19th century way of saying falling asleep, which is what happens uh, to the Wizard of Oz crew when they fall asleep Mm. in that poppy field. Your serve now. Mm. Uh, Ball is in your court. (laughs) So anyway, look, I won that one, and the calls are coming in. I'm looking. Yes, yes, overwhelming. Uh, support for me. Well, one uh, thing we should mention is that you were on a lot of psilocybin looking at those rocks and realizing <laughs> how old the rocks are. And in The Matrix, those rocks aren't real. So, something to think about. Hmm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a good podcast wow. when the episode ends with the guest going, hmm. <laughs> well, you know what you should do is you should just um, take out everything else I said today and you should, within it, edit, just keep putting the mm's in. So yeah. you ask me questions and I go, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you say something else and I go, hmm. You're listening hmm. to Agree to Disagree with Ruthie and Rory. Yeah. <laughs> the show about me. agreeing. Right. You're listening to a petulant Conan refuse to talk. Hmm. Hmm. Conan, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank Dad's you so the podcast. much. I uh, I love it. I love, I, you're a hilarious and uh, and very gifted fellow, and I'm I look forward to coming back on the show. No, nope. uh, no. Nope. Okay, <laughs> well, that didn't happen. Can't. Wow, yeah. we are you so know, booked up. You know what? Can I just say one thing, Rory? It's so easy to just go sure and then just not have it happen. Mm. You saying nope is completely unnecessary. It's so honest and raw and real, <laughs> and that's who I am. <laughs> Well, we did it. That's Dads. That's our That's first it. episode. That's it. That is it. People, I, write that down because what you just listened to was history, okay? That's what just yeah. happened. 
And I don't know, maybe everyone got their Conan fix from this and they'll never try to see him or hear him again. But if you want more Conan, you know where to get him. TBS, it's weeknights, 1110 Central. And if you're listening to this on September 2nd, I, Rory Scovel, will be doing an interview with him today to mark the release of this very podcast. And as always, you can catch Conan on his amazing podcast, Conan Needs a Friend. Definitely subscribe if you haven't already, folks. Subscribe. Just do it. Ruthie, how do you feel? That's it. That's the show. I feel great. I feel like it all happened and we're on our way. And It's the start of our new family. It's the start of our new family. Yeah. That's right. And we're going to be back. We'll be back next week. Brand new episode. Brand new guest. Subscribe. Tell a friend. You know what? Tell 10 friends. Do it. Even if you hated it, go, hey, you guys should subscribe to this so you can hate listen with me. Okay? Yeah. It does us a solid. Give us a rating. Give us a review. That's how these podcasts uh, get get attention and get noticed. And me and Ruthie get to do more of these. If there are any celebrities listening, message us yeah. just to say, hey, I listened. And you know what? Yeah. Even if you don't, if you're not sure if you're a celebrity. Yeah. Like maybe you were on local news one time about I'll take it. a tornado I'll take it. and you don't know if that counts. Yeah, I'll take that. Ruthie and I are here to tell you that counts. Yeah. That does yeah. count. 100%. Over yeah. here at Dad's, everyone's a celebrity and that's our new slogan. <laughs> yeah, and to give a shout out to the people who helped make this show, Dad's the podcast is produced by Jen Samples, Nick Liao, and me, Ruthie Wyatt. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton and Anya Jeshik. Our theme song is by Strange Hotels with additional music by John Danik. Special thanks to Sean Doherty. That's right, folks. And you can stay up on all things dads by following Team Coco Podcast on Instagram and follow me on Twitter at Rory Scovel. Thank you for listening. Ruthie Wyatt, see you next week. Bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.